Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. Hey everyone, Scott Chambers here. Today we're going to do a real quick overview of the Apostle Paul's third letter to the church at Corinth otherwise known as 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is an interesting book. If you've ever read it through in one sitting, you've probably noticed that there's a mix of great general teaching for all Christians and references to some very specific issues that Paul had with the church in Corinth. By the time he wrote this letter, Paul had visited Corinth twice and had already written them two letters, one that became the book of 1 Corinthians and another that was lost to history. Paul's relationship with the Corinthian church was complicated because some believers there had been swayed by opponents of Paul's into believing that he was not a legitimate apostle. These guys claimed that Paul had suffered too much persecution to be a real apostle. Maybe prosperity theology had taken root in the first century because a significant fraction of the people in the Corinthian church bought this line and rebelled against Paul. So, on his second visit, he patiently worked with them and urged them to repent. Some did, and some didn't. Paul left Corinth and headed back to Ephesus where he wrote his second letter, the one that was lost, in which he warned the Corinthians of God's impending judgment if they didn't repent. Thankfully, this letter was very effective, and a majority did repent. However, a minority continued to side with Paul's opponents and made trouble for Paul. Paul then wrote 2 Corinthians, and sent it to them before visiting them for a third time. Many of the personal references in the letter have to do with this troubled relationship. There are really six key themes in 2 Corinthians. First and foremost is that true believers in Christ can expect persecution, and persecution for the sake of righteousness is actually one of the hallmarks of a disciple. Secondly, God has equipped his church to live out the new covenant in Christ. Third, endurance and Christ-like behavior in the midst of persecution is the greatest display of God's presence, power, and glory in a fallen world. Fourth, the Holy Spirit transforms Christ's followers into the image of God, resulting in a new creation to live out this new covenant for the sake of others. Fifth, a lifestyle of genuine repentance results in being set apart to love God, the church, and the unbelieving world he came to save. And sixth, Jesus Christ will one day come to judge all people according to their deeds, and that true believers are being transformed by the Spirit who dwells within them as a guarantee of what Paul calls the eternal weight of glory that will last for all eternity. The book contains many famous verses that are well known, and when you read them in context, you can see that they speak to the realities on the ground. Here's just one example. In chapter 5, verse 17, Paul writes this famous verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is a summary statement of what the new covenant is all about. Christ living out his life through the life of a believer and making him or her a new person from the inside out. If you read what comes before it, starting in verse 11, you can see that this new covenant teaching was written to counter what Paul's opponents were teaching. 
namely that the outward appearance of spirituality is all that matters. So Paul writes in verse 12, we are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance, but not about what is in the heart. Well, this book is a breath of fresh air for anyone who wants to grow in his understanding of what happens when we allow the Lord Jesus to live out his life and pour out his love through us for the sake of others. I hope you enjoy it. Father, we thank you for the new covenant we have in your Son. Thank you that in him and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have all the resources we need to walk with you, to serve you, as we seek to reconcile men and women to yourself. Please use us to this end. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.